0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Embrace. My name is Laban. I'm the worship leader here at Embrace, and uh, we're so glad you are joining with us on this gorgeous day. Um, I'm always in a little higher spirits whenever it's sunny outside and when I've spent more time outside um, over the last few days. Um, I want to start off today. I invite you to stand, stand with us and and I invite you to, to pray with me. Let's just create a, a space this morning to welcome the Lord, to welcome his spirit here with us this morning. Because um, I think uh, some mornings you need it. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every day that you give us. We don't take it for granted. We thank you for these people that have gathered together. We thank you for your people that are gathering together all over the world. We thank you for your body, for your church. And Lord, today we ask for mercy in this place. We ask for mercy in our own lives. We ask for mercy for your world. We feel the tension of being in between what is and what is to come. We feel pulled in both directions at time. We feel the joy and we feel the sadness. And Lord, we just pray that your spirit would be with us here in all of it. And we pray that we could have faith through all of it and faith that moves into action and moves into change into our own lives. We pray that we'd be open today to receive what you have for us and to receive your spirit. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Lord have mercy Mercy on your world Every soul is searching Where sin runs deep Your grace is more Where grace is found Is where you are And where you are Lord, I am free and holiness Is Christ in me is yes, where you are Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I Oh, God, how I need you. So teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you, you're my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, It's our confession, Lord, that we are weak, so very weak, but you are strong. And though we've nothing, Lord, to lay at your feet, we come to your feet and say, Help us along. Sing that again. And it's our confession, Lord. That we are weak So very weak But you are strong And though we've nothing, Lord To lay at your feet We come to your feet and say Help us along With a broken heart and a contrite spirit you have yet to deny your heart of mercy beats with love stronger let the river flow and by your spirit now the lord we cry let your mercies fall from heaven sweet mercies flow from heaven new mercies for today. Shower them down, Lord, as we pray. Let your mercies fall from heaven. Sweet mercies flow from heaven. New mercies for today. Shower them down, Lord, as we pray. Let your mercies fall from heaven. Sweet mercies flow from heaven. New mercies for today. Shower them down, Lord, as we pray. Let your mercies fall from heaven. Sweet mercies flow from heaven. New mercies for today. Shower them down, Lord, as we pray.
2: Y'all can have a seat. What is really good to be here today is good to see uh, each and every one of you. I know it's a holiday weekend. It's good to have a small but mighty crew here today. Um, we, we've got some exciting stuff uh, planned for today. we got a lot going on. Um, first, I just want Laban, don't go anywhere yet. I want to uh, let you all know, many of you already know this because we did tell you, but Laban has taken over as our worship leader here at the church. And so let's give him a hand to welcome him into this uh, new position. As you all know, uh, Chris's last Sunday was last week, and we were able to celebrate him and have lots of goodbyes, and and he felt so loved and appreciated um, last Sunday and Monday. Um, But we are just really excited about this new chapter um, in our worship life here at Embrace Laban. And Camry both have been uh, leading us and participating for um, a few years now. And so it's going to just be a wonderful, uh, seamless transition to a new leader. And we're excited for Laban's vision and a lot of what he uh, has uh, planned and and a lot of his hopes and dreams for our worship life together. And so I just wanted to let you all know that he has taken over, and so we are in good hands. Um, So, yeah, thanks. So today is a, a special day for a variety of reasons, but one of the reasons is because we're going to have another baptism this morning. Um, one of our our young people is going to be baptized today, and I'm just so excited. You know, as Laban shared before we began our service this morning, it, it's been a tough week and really been a, a tough uh, many weeks that we've all experienced together, yet um, at the same time, like God is still working, and God is still active, and God is still... Um, bringing new life into difficult and broken and and dark spaces. And so even in the midst of dark times, even in the midst of tragedy and difficulty, uh, we can still celebrate and we can experience the joy of new life. And baptism is just a reminder that God is always at work. Um, And God is busy at work recreating this world, recreating us, putting us back together, and really trying to uh, piece back together this broken space that we're in. And we long for the day when Christ will return and set it all back uh, into its right place uh, once and for all. And so uh, we have this whole uh, little baptism liturgy we did a few weeks ago uh, when Walt was baptized, and we're going to do it again today. And so there will be some parts that you all are going to participate in, um, and that will be pretty clear, and I'll let you know when you're supposed to say something. Um, But I'm really excited about this. And and I want to let you all know that we, we do this here at worship. We don't do baptisms in private places. We do it together in community because this is not just something that this family is doing, but it's something that the whole church is participating in. And, and you all are committing to raise this child up um, in the way of Christ and teach them and really come around this family and helping this uh, child get to know Jesus as he continues to grow. And so... Um, I'm going to go ahead and invite uh, the Dupree family up to the front, and so let's give them a hand as they come forward. <laughs> Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So this morning, I present for baptism, Truett Brentley Dupree, this handsome young man up here. Uh, and he is the son of Brent and Rachel Dupree. So Rachel, I have a few questions I'm going to ask you. And then um, I have... Um, some questions I'm going to ask you all as well, and so I'll let you know when, when your all's time comes. But these first few, you can just answer, I do, all right? So Rachel, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. And You can answer, I will, if you agree to this one. Will you nurture true and Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he will be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, and lead a Christian life? And embrace, I have a couple of questions for you. This first one, um, if you agree, you can just say, we do, all right? I don't have a slide for you, but hopefully y'all can remember that. Do you, as Christ's body, embrace church, reaffirm, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? And this answer's a little longer, so you'll have to read along with me. But will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? With God's help, We will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround this child with a community of love and forgiveness that he may grow in his service to others. We will pray for him that he may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Let us join together um, in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scripture's ...of the Old and New Testament, and so we'll all recite the Apostles' Creed together. And it'll be right here on the screen behind us. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, ...who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven So we're going to say a prayer together, but it's a prayer you'll need to keep your eyes open for because you're going to have to participate, and your part will be on the screen behind me. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water, and he who receives it to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness through his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. All right, we ready for this? All right, true, I'm just going to put a little water on your head. Truett Brentley, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple Of Jesus Christ members of the household of faith I commend to your love and care Truett Brentley Dupree whom we this day recognize as a member of the family of God will you so endeavor to live that this child may grow in the knowledge and love of God through our Savior Jesus Christ with God's help we will so order our lives after the example of Christ That this child, surrounded by steadfast love, may be established in the life and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. Let's give them a hand this morning and welcome this new little one into our church family. Y'all welcome to go have a seat. I encourage y'all after the service to go and uh, say hey to them and, and welcome them into the church family and just show some love to them after we're done here. Um, What we're going to do now is we're just going to spend just a few moments sharing with one another, and we do this each week, and we call this our time of gratitude and lament. We have a lot to be grateful for. God is busy at work in our lives and in the world, and there are so many blessings and good things that we can share, and so I encourage you to go around and share something you're grateful for. Um, Also, there is a lot that we can lament. There's a lot we need to protest in our world right now and in our lives, hard things that we're facing And so if you have a lament, you can also share that as well. And so what we do is just turn to maybe three or four people around you. If you're new or you're introverted like me, this may feel like, I don't want to do this. Uh, But I think it's good to push yourself a little bit. It's a good way to meet a couple of people. And so you can introduce yourself. um, And even if you're not sure if you know each other or not, just go ahead and introduce yourselves anyway. and, And just take maybe a couple minutes, just everybody share gratitude. And then if you do have a lament, you're welcome to share that as well. If someone shares something and you're not quite sure how to respond, um, a good thing to say, as Christina says, is you can just say thank you for sharing. Uh, That's a great response. And so let's just do that right now. And those of you online, uh, I would love for you all to share a little bit in the comments as well. I'll call you back together when it's time.
3: All right, take maybe another 30 seconds and come back together here at the front, please. All right, I would like to share with you guys this morning some announcements. But before I do that, I'll just say welcome again to anyone who's visiting with us for the first time or maybe it's your first couple times. All right, this is not an A plus day for coming back to the front. Maybe an A minus, that was still pretty good. Okay, so I will draw your attention to these connect cards which are in your pew, they are bright blue. If you are new with us today or if you have a question or some way that you would like to communicate with us, these are a great way to do that. There's lots of options on the back, like if you wanna get involved with a small group or meet with a pastor. So please check those out and see if any of those apply to you. There's also a room on the back for a prayer request. So you can fill that out this morning and submit it, and our prayer team will join you in prayer. We believe in prayer here. We keep these prayer requests confidential. But there is a team of people who lift you up all week long and who are happy to continue to partner with you so that you don't have to carry your burdens alone. That's why we believe so strongly in prayer here. You can also ask for prayer anytime by emailing prayer at embraceyourcity.com. And Pastor Tanya sends that out to the prayer team, and they are so faithful to respond quickly and to get on that. If you would like to give while you are here this morning, and if you fill out a Connect card, you can put either of those things in the boxes. There's one at the back and one at the side door over here. So that's where you can give um, physically in the space this morning. But there is also a QR code on these Connect cards if you would like to give online while you're here, or you can always give online at embraceyourcity.com. So those are several different ways to participate this morning in the life of our church. I want to encourage you to read the announcement handout. I'm not going to say all the things about all the announcements um, so that you can check that out for yourself. We also send out an email, and if you're not on that list and you would like to be, just put it on a Connect card and we'll get you hooked up that way. Um, But I do want to just quickly touch on a few things this morning so you know what's coming up. We are not going to have the gathering on June 6th. So that's not tomorrow, but it's the next week. Several key leaders are out of town that week, and we always cancel once during the summer. So it's going to be June 6th, but we'll be back to our normal schedule the next week right after that. And for those of you who don't know, we have the gathering every Monday night. It's a community meal. It's a place to form friendships and to get to know people and to experience our community and our neighborhood. And we meet together starting at 4 p.m. to pray if you can come that early. If not, you can come anytime. We eat together at 6, and then we have a worship service at 645. So we will do that tomorrow, not the week after, but then every Monday until like Christmas time. So that is the gathering. I will also let you know this morning that Common Good is still in need of mentors for their summer program. They ask for you to volunteer one um, week, day, Monday through Thursday, um, and it's just a few hours on that day, but it is an incredible opportunity to get to know some of the kids in our neighborhood. Common Good is an amazing program. It's one of the main ways that we are in ministry in our neighborhood. Common Good is not just in our building. They are one of our biggest ministry partners. And so if you want to get involved with the kids in our neighborhood, Common Good is one of the best ways to do it. And so they really do need quite a few more mentors. They start in two weeks and every single one of you can help this morning. Even if you do not have the space in your life to mentor, you can go see Noran at the back of the sanctuary. This is Noran. She has little flyers that you can take with you and hand to someone in your life who might be able to mentor. So we wanna try and get more people involved so that they can have the support they need to run their summer program. So please, on your way out this morning, Noran's just gonna stand right at the back, go see her, find out more, and take a flyer to pass on if you can't do it yourself. Um, I also want to remind you that our next Bible class, we're doing a series of three this year. We did another one um, earlier in the winter time, so now we're getting ready to do the summer Bible class, which is all about historical context. And we are really blessed in our community to have several historians among us, including our own Egyptologist, which not many people can say. So we are excited to hear from our historians this summer, and they are going to do a fantastic job. They're super engaging, and they're going to help us understand more about the world that the Bible was written in. So we can kind of bridge that gap and the distance for where we are today. So that starts on June 12th. So just a few more weeks. Put that on your calendar and plan to join us. And then last of all, I have an exciting announcement. This might not be news to some of you. You might not realize that we used to take the summer off of Wonder Room. But we are going to have Wonder Room in June and July for the first time this year. Yes. We are very excited about that. All of our volunteers are excited and ready to go. Is that a question, Dan? Um, Dan you are not gonna be anywhere near any of the ages that might... might work for the Wonder Room, but we can talk more about wondering together. Um, So we are still gonna take off the month of August so that we can train volunteers and rest a little bit and prepare to jump back into a new school year, which is another opportunity for me to say, you can get on in there and you can be a volunteer with us because we're gonna do that training in August. So if you have any interest, if you love wondering and and wanna know more about what the Wonder Room is, let me know and be happy to get you plugged in. Um, And with no further words this morning, I will go ahead and dismiss all of the children to go to the Wonder Room together this morning. Let's give them a hand as they come down. All right, and if you will turn back towards the front here, we will worship with the band.
1: fire and it won't burn out, a sparklet a fire and it won't burn out, and I won't wait, no, I won't wait for heaven, cause I believe heaven's coming my way, and while I'm alive, I'll be getting on with living like you're coming my way, coming my way, and I'll be coming your way, coming your way, cause you're coming my way, you're coming your way, and I'll be coming your way, coming your way.
2: Man, before I share a word with you all for this morning, I, I just want to acknowledge, you know, that, that the past few weeks have been uh, really difficult. And I imagine for you all, um, you're probably feeling like me, that it's just been, been really hard. You know, these, these mass shootings that we've had in Buffalo, New York, and now Uvalde, Texas, the war in Ukraine, countless other acts of violence um, in Lexington, even in our own community. Um, and across our world, really have my heart, and I imagine your all's hearts feeling very heavy this morning. Seems like our nation is kind of spiraling down a deep, dark hole sometimes, <laughs> and, and I'm discouraged, and, and just to be frank with you all, at times struggling to find God in, in the midst of, of all the suffering. Tanya and Christina and I were talking earlier this week, and Tanya pointed out that You know, just like the vast inconsistencies that we're facing, you know, the fact that parents can't buy formula for their babies, but we can, 18-year-olds can buy assault rifles um, as a birthday present for themselves. And I I find myself just praying, you know, Lord, Lord, help us. (laughs) Lord, help us. You know, I know a lot of you are furious. Um, Some of y'all are filled with uh, righteous anger. Others are scared and hopeless, sad, discouraged. And I just encourage you all to to just take your full selves to God. All your feelings, all your angers, all your hurts, all your doubts, all your sadness. Um, The Psalms in the Bible are just full of all sorts of songs and poetry, uh, many of them full of of rage even. (laughs) And, And God is a God who can handle all that. Just like a perfect and wonderful parent, you want your children to bring their full selves to you, right? And God is is how much better than, than our best parents in the world, right? God is even better than that. And so I encourage you just to, to be willing to, to take yourself to God and cry out to God and take all your emotions and feelings and, and insecurities and doubts to Him. You know, I've been thinking about, you know, we talk a lot about our society and kind of trying to, uh, as a church, work alongside God's Spirit to help create a more just and peaceable kingdom here on earth. And And I just think that right now we have to lament that we have failed miserably as a society when we can't even provide basic safety for our children. You know, Jesus had some hard hard words for people who mistreat kids. Um, And he said that if anyone causes a little one to stumble, it would actually be better for them to have a large stone hung around their neck and drown in the depths of the sea. And, uh, you know, that's harsh, but Jesus doesn't mess around with this kind of stuff. You know, in moments like this, I, I find that words are often hard to come by. I don't really know what to say. But fortunately for Christians, for us, there's a deep spiritual tradition that we have called lament. And we do it each week together in y'all's you know, gratitude and lament time. But laments are basically prayers of protest um, through prayer. You know, it's, it's protest through prayer, basically. Taking all of these things to God as a community as we just lament and say, God, help us. Things are really messed up. And so I want to pray together a lament that I found this morning that's really lamenting all the violence that we see all around us. And so there'll be a part. If you can go ahead and throw the first slide on the screen, Tom, that would be great. Um, You'll see in yellow it says all, and that'll be your all's part to say with me. But I, I just invite you all to pray this prayer of lament with me this morning. Come and hear our pain, O God. Come near and hear our complaint. Violence is singing a victory song and our arms are hanging limp at our sides. Our tears cannot stop. Violence has cut us bleeding. We stand together now. Make us brave enough to stand in front of violence and call it a thief and a liar. Make us lion hearted roaring at the acts of violence around us, more dedicated to the common good than our own preservation. May we learn to place those who are hurting first and ourselves second. Make us mercy, calling to those committing the violence, like lost lambs living in darkness, drinking bitterness, disconnected from their true selves. May we call them back to the fold, shouting loudly that they are created for life, not death, kinship, not killing, love, not hate. Make us plowshares, sowing peace by renouncing every act of violence committed by our friends, our country, or our enemies. May we refuse to be weapons against our brothers and sisters. Make us fearless, relentlessly waging peace instead of war, refusing to accept any act that cuts, kills, and breaks down people made in your image, no matter if they wear the uniform of a police officer, pastor, politician, or soldier. For those who have laid down their lives for others and who have joined God in the unseen kingdom... For those who have died to the kingdom of death and who have risen to life with Christ in their breath. We raise our hope because joy comes in the morning. Amen. I want to just share one verse or two verses with you. This comes from Zechariah chapter 8. And Zechariah is casting a vision of a world um, that God will create one day where God will set all things right. And he envisions like a new Jerusalem that will be free of violence, that will be a place of peace and safety. And I love what Zechariah says here. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each of them with a cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. And I just love this image of like, Men and women of ripe old age sitting out in the streets with their canes. They've got the cane to help them get going. They're at peace. They're taken care of in their community. And they're watching the boys and girls, the littlest ones in the community, play in the streets safely with joy. And that's really a a world that I want to see. (laughs) A world where the oldest and the youngest and everybody in between is taken care of, is looked after, and is able to find uh, peace and joy. And so we're going to keep relentlessly working for that until Christ returns. Um, as the song said, you're coming our way, right, as we sang earlier. So today, um, many churches are celebrating what we could call the seventh week of Easter. Um, we've been going through the season of Easter since Easter Sunday a few weeks ago. Um, other churches are, can choose. You can kind of choose based on the lectionary today. And you can choose that or you can celebrate the ascension of our Lord. And we're going to talk about the ascension this morning, which is a really important moment in Jesus' life and ministry. The ascension, if y'all know what that means, it's kind of a word we don't use too often these days. But the ascension is that moment when Jesus ascended, when he rose up into heaven in front of his followers' eyes. You know, Jesus died the first time, right? But then three days later, he rose. He spent some time reaching out to people, showing himself to lots of people in his risen form. And then um, there came that moment when Jesus ascended into heaven in front of them. He left the earth not by dying a second time, but he went up into heaven. And the disciples uh, saw him, and this was the last time that they saw Jesus um, here on earth. And today we're going to talk about this moment. We're going to talk about the way the disciples responded in this moment, and we're going to talk about what it could all potentially mean for us today. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, so if you want to turn in your Bibles, you can. I also will have the words from that text right on the screen behind me. We've been in the Gospels all year, and we're going to stay in the Gospels, but I'm I'm taking one detour to Acts today, okay, so don't, don't get mad about that, but we're going to look at Acts. This is still about Jesus. Um, and so, let me read this. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, this is the same person who wrote the book of Luke, by the way. So he's saying, in my former book, the book of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Then they gathered around Him and asked Him, Lord, are You at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And here's the ascension part. After He said this, He was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid Him from their sight. So we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. First, I just want to say a couple of things. So, over the past few weeks, we've you may have not really noticed this, but we've been revisiting some ideas and concepts and frameworks that have become really important to our church over the last few years. We talked about the Holy Spirit as Paraclete. You remember that from last week? The one who falls down beside us, the one who walks with us through the ups and the downs of life. We talked about two weeks ago our friend Justin came and preached and talked about drawing a wide circle including everyone in our community regardless of who they are. We talked about Jesus being the good shepherd and how we're called to be like Jesus and be shepherds ourselves and shepherd the flock with justice. We were encouraged by Peter's story um, how Jesus redeemed him and called him to lead his church even though Peter messed up So many times, and even though he profoundly messed up, when he denied, he even knew who Jesus was. We talked about, right after Easter, our locked rooms, and how the disciples were hiding out in a locked room after the crucifixion. And the courage that Jesus gave them, and can also give us, to unlock those doors, and step out into the dangerous and scary times, and face those hard things that we see in front of us. You know, I think it's valuable to go back and kind of revisit um, some of the most fundamental understandings of God and our world that we have gleaned from Scripture and our life together over the many years that we've been together as a church studying the Bible here at Embrace. And today my message is one that we have talked about before a few times over the years, but I think it's really, really important. And it really, for me, it has been a transformative way for me to think about my faith, and how I need to live and work in this world. And so this is really, really important to me, and, and hopefully it will be to you. It's given me focus. It's helped me understand how I ought to live right now as I wait for Jesus to come back. Christ ascended, and now we're waiting for him to return. And so my message today is simple. It is called this, that we are called to be awed to heaven and also rooted in in earth. Since the beginning of the year, we've spent all of our time focusing on Jesus, and we're going to keep doing that. Jesus is at the center of our faith, our church, our lives, our world, and we've spent many weeks reflecting on Jesus' life, his teachings, his mission. And we've learned that Jesus' mission is our mission as well. Jesus was born, Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose, and Jesus ascended into heaven, and we believe now Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus promised that he would return, and now we wait for his return. And the question I want to wrestle with today is what do we do in the meantime? While we wait for Jesus to return, what do we do now? Do we just kind of sit on our hands and impatiently wait for Jesus to come back, or do we do something while we wait? Does it matter how we live while we wait? One of my favorite biblical kind of scholars and thinkers is a guy named Walter Brueggemann. And um, my brother's here this morning and he, he studied Brueggemann a little bit back in the day and introduced me to him actually a long time ago. But Walter Brueggemann argues that biblical Christianity should be awed to heaven and rooted in earth. He says we should be able to join the angels in praise, but also keep our feet in time and place. What do we do in the meantime? Well, I love the way he puts it. We remain awed to heaven, but rooted in earth. And this idea has given us language to talk about how we as Christians here at Embrace live and work in the world in the meantime. We keep our eyes on heaven, worshiping and praising God and praying and and keeping our eyes focused up there on heaven. But we also keep our feet rooted in earth, living out our faith right now, living out our mission right now in real time, in real places, in real communities. We are committed to spiritual practices and prayer and all of that. But we're also deeply concerned and committed to our communities, the places where we live and work. The verses I want to focus on specifically today are these, verses 10 and 11. It says, They were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white, two angels stood beside them, And they said, men of Galilee, what are y'all doing? Why do y'all stand there just looking up to the sky? It says, this same Jesus who was taken from you to heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. So the angels essentially asked the disciples, why are you just standing there looking up into heaven? Yes, Jesus went up there. He went up into heaven right before your eyes. But your job isn't just to look to heaven. You have to stay rooted here on earth. Don't just passively wait for Jesus to return. You've got a calling. You've got a job to do. Jesus is going to return, but in the meantime, there is work to be done. He told you all to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promised spirit, so get to it. You know, just like the disciples in that moment, Christians ever since the beginning have been prone to keep our gaze focused up there on heaven without paying much attention to what we're facing right now in the here and now. That perhaps sometimes we've been awed to heaven, but not very rooted in earth. This is what we could call religious escapism. um, If you want to put a name to it. It's keeping our gaze focused solely on heaven without paying much attention to the here and now. You know, people say things like, earth is just a pit stop on my way to heaven. There's an old hymn that we used to sing. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And that's true, it will be. But there's this mentality that creeps in that, that says that we're going like, to escape this world and be raptured away to heaven. And I think that there is a problem with this kind of thinking. Because if we're only focused on the beyond, then our faith doesn't say much about the here and now. And many people increasingly are seeing the failure of this escapist kind of pie-in-the-sky, life-is-all-good version of Christianity. You know, one reason I, I, I know, one reason many people have stopped going to church is because church seems very out of touch. Church seems very out of touch with what we're facing, the harsh realities, all the terribleness and difficulties we're facing around us. You know, um, excuse me for mentioning Kanye and Jay-Z, but, you know, perhaps, perhaps they were right that there is no church in the wild. <laughs> people have told me that they struggle with church Because they see chaos in the world. They see real life tragedy, pain, confusion, doubts. And they show up to church and often church has nothing to say about any of it. So how do you live out your faith in these trying times? Well, it's a question that I think we all need to ask ourselves. But we've not, in my opinion, uh, that many of us have not been very well equipped to answer that question. How do we live out our faith in these trying times? We often have a very hard time knowing how to respond to all the difficulties around us. For example, one thing that over the last couple of years in particular, and embraced the last few years, we've been wrestling with, is it's just like, what do we do? How do we live out our faith when all this racist violence just continues to, to rage on all around us? What do we do? What is the responsibility, particularly of white Christians, in a nation that was founded on with slavery and white supremacist beliefs and ideas, and, and often in the church, the church has no voice to speak to this. And we've not been very equipped to even know how to wrestle with these things. Another issue that is so current and critical and important right now is, is the, the way that, that we haven't been really well equipped, and I've talked about this recently more and more, but we haven't been given the tools and to know how to bring Jesus' love and invitation to our lesbian and gay and bisexual and queer and trans people who are experiencing such rejection and injustice and, and lack of compassion and acceptance by the church. And a lot of Christians are like, I don't even know how to make sense of this. I don't even know what to do. We haven't been taught how to make sense of war. And, and what to think about war and peace as violence just rages on. And, and we don't know how to think of this in light of Jesus' life and his teachings. And so we just kind of go along with whatever, you know. It's great to send the bombs and the planes and we celebrate and glorify these things, even in church sometimes. We need to learn how to do theology, I think, that's current. How to contextualize scripture. How to discern kind of the weightier matters of the Bible and this is what we're trying to do at Embrace. This is the kind of work we're trying to do. We're trying to do theology that makes sense right now and ask the hard questions about how do we follow Jesus right now in this time and place that we're living in today. And this is not easy work because the Bible was written a really long time ago. It is an ancient, ancient, ancient book. And, and is, we're 2,000 years removed from the most recent books in the Bible, and we are many, many thousands of miles removed to the places that this was actually written. And so we've got to dig in and really ask these hard questions and do the work. You know, one thing that I just want to briefly say something about is, is one thing I hear from people when we talk about pressing issues, like today, we're mentioning the, the mass shootings and gun violence. A lot of people uh, will say, well, John, that, that's political. And, and my faith isn't about all that. And the most, I'm telling you, the most criticism and pushback I've ever received as a pastor is that I'm too political sometimes. And, and this is a thing that people say sometimes. And I want to say two quick things about that. When I talk about politics, I don't have much interest at all in the whole partisan politic thing and the things you see on CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC and all that stuff. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about... You know, all the kind of just negativity and the divisiveness and the attacks and all that kind of stuff. When I'm talking about politics, I'm talking about a more traditional way we talk about this. It's the way we organize ourselves together as a society. And that actually matters deeply. The way we organize our life together in community. Politics matter in church because the way we organize our church matters. The way we organize our neighborhood, our city, our our states, our nations, even our world. And this stuff makes a difference. It's really important because it's about people's real lives. Politics impacts mental health, impacts physical health. It impacts families and individuals and their abilities to provide for themselves. It's concerned with justice and equity and peace. All very biblical concepts. You know, we talk about what happened in Texas in Uvalde. Politics matters when we're thinking about these things, and and sometimes we have to think about policy in order to try to create a world that is actually better for everyone so that the least are taken care of. Jesus' ministry was actually very political. You may not know this, but think about it. Jesus directly challenged the power structures of his day to such a degree that he was wrongfully arrested. He was put on trial in the middle of the night, and then he was condemned to death by execution on a cross. He was killed by the authorities. If his message didn't have anything to do with politics, they would have just let him do his thing. And many of his followers, if you look through Acts, they're getting arrested, they're going before courts. They're going before leaders. They're being called out for what they do and the way that they were living and working in the world. And many of them were also arrested and some of them were also executed. So something about the gospel was political enough to get them into a whole lot of trouble. All right. Another thing I want to say is that we talk about things that that are political in that sense because of this idea we're talking about today. That we are odd to heaven, but we also need to be rooted in earth. And I believe this. We need the tools to better discern how our faith affects the way we live privately but also publicly in this world. You know, often churches are confused and confounded and quiet when tragedy upon tragedy continues to happen all around. us. And Martin Luther King Jr., argued that the church should have a voice. He argued that the church ought to be the conscience of the state. Dustin Pugel pointed this out in one of our voices of our community back during the pandemic that we were emailing out to our church family. But he he put this quote in his email that the church, this is from King, the church must be reminded that it is not the master or servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. It must be the guide and critic of the state and never its tool. If the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. And I'm concerned that we've already become an irrelevant social club without much authority. King preached these words decades ago, but they're just as relevant as they, uh, now as they were then. Much of Christianity lacks a voice Um, and a strong moral imagination. We don't know how to discern God's will for wholeness and holiness and very real and tangible realities that we face. You know, you'll maybe see the signs out in the community that say, love everyone. I love the message. But it's one thing to say, love everyone, but what does that actually look like? A love without teeth and actual tangible, practical things doesn't mean a whole lot. What does it mean to love our immigrant neighbors? Well, it might mean Getting political and working for better policy so that they can be welcomed into our communities better, right? It's another thing to say we will pray for peace. But how is God calling us to be active peacemakers? You know, we've been so focused sometimes up there on heaven in the afterlife, and we've not been very rooted in time and place. And this escapist theology lacks power for today, for the here and now. But it's a a theology, it's a gospel that it's attractive to a lot of people. And Justo Gonzalez, a, a biblical scholar from Latin America, I love what he says. He says, from the point of view of today's kingdoms, such a gospel is innocuous. It doesn't have any power. It doesn't challenge them in any way. If the kingdom has to do with the beyond, then those who preach it will have no conflict with the here and now. That is why such a truncation of the gospel is attractive. Not only do those who conduct affairs in the present reign, but also to many Christians who thereby seek to avoid problems and conflicts with the present order. Escapist theology that's all about getting to heaven is attractive to comfortable people who maybe don't want to face the harsh realities in the world. For those of us who maybe have the luxury of just turning off the TV and and the internet and ignoring all the problems around us, most people in the world don't have that luxury because they're actually experiencing the problems firsthand This type of theology doesn't call us anything to do about it, right? Because if we have our gaze focused solely on heaven, and we forget about the mission that Jesus gave us before he left. Here's something I've said before, but I want to say it again. Church shouldn't help us escape reality, but should teach us how to deal with reality in healthy and loving ways. And, And that's what we're trying to do here at our church. You know, people in power often love this type of escapist theology because it doesn't challenge them in any way. If this life now is just a blip and it's all about believing the right things so you can get into heaven, it doesn't matter if you dump toxic waste into our streams. It doesn't matter if you go to war with your enemies. It doesn't matter if you murder people in the electric chair. It doesn't matter if you love assault rifles. It doesn't matter if you deny people access to health care and food and resources that sustain life. It doesn't matter how you pay and treat your employees. This is how folks, and this sadly happened, many, many times really. This is how folks can joke about shooting immigrants at the border and profess Jesus as their Savior at the same time. This is how someone can be a terrible husband and father and still go to church every week. <laughs> because the faith is all about the beyond. It's about believing the right things instead of living out our ministry and mission of Jesus right here and now. I've talked about this before, but I can't think of any better example of how this has played out in our world, in tragic and terrible ways. In the Bible Museum in D.C., which I've not been, but I want to go, um, I've read about an exhibit there that displays an abridged version of the Bible. If you're going to abridge the Bible and take out parts of it, you're making a mistake right away, right? But it's an abridged version of the Bible, and it was specifically edited for the enslaved people who are working in these plantations all across the South. And the title of the Bible... Parts of the Holy Bible selected for the use of Negro slaves. Now, the makers of this Bible, they went in and removed every passage that expressed themes of freedom, of equality, resistance. They took them all out. So, for instance, the entire story of the Exodus, right? Important story in the Bible. It was taken out. That story where the Israelites were freed from slavery in Egypt, it's omitted. They removed that because they did not want them reading that story. For the slave owners, it was fine for the enslaved to keep their gaze fixed on heaven and long for freedom in the afterlife, but it was not acceptable for them to believe in freedom for today. Frederick Douglass shared that a slave owner refused him uh, the Bible, wouldn't let him read the Bible, because the slave owner knew if he read the Bible, there would be no keeping him, he said. Because the Bible is a a book of freedom. It's a book that sets us free, not just when we die, but in the here and now. The gospel isn't solely about avoiding hell and getting to heaven. I'm I'm excited about heaven. (laughs) But that's not all it's about. The gospel is also power for the here and now. And so let's not get our gaze, um, let's not get trapped with our gaze fixed solely on heaven. Yes, we long for that day, You know, when Jesus is going to come back down, and and I'm excited about it, when he's going to finish his work. But in the meantime, we are called and we are empowered to continue the work that he started a long time ago. We don't just honor his legacy. He is with us, working through us, empowering us through his eternal spirit that lives within us. And he's inviting us to join the work. You know, the resurrection was not like the the final moment of Christianity. It's really the beginning of all of it. That is the moment when when it all started, and and the ministry of Jesus continues on from that very day through us, through his spirit, working in us and through us. So let's stay awed to heaven. We're going to keep worshiping and praising God and connecting with him and and being excited about that day when it all will be set right. So let's stay awed to heaven, but also let's stay rooted in earth. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen we're going to share communion this morning and so y'all can go ahead and get your communion cup ready may want to go ahead and get started they can be a little tricky to open at times (laughs) if we can uh get this covid thing behind us we'll stop start using the loaf and the juice again um, which was great but for now we'll do it a way to spread less germs among our community. You know, communion is such a beautiful moment. It's a moment that we connect with Jesus in a deeply spiritual way. When we eat this little wafer and we drink this juice, not only do we remember what Jesus did so long ago when He was willing to give up His life for us and for this mission and the kingdom that He proclaimed, but we also get to experience Jesus in a spiritual profound way. It's just such a beautiful moment we share. And so when you eat this wafer and you drink this juice or whatever y'all have at home which you're using for this purpose, know that Jesus is present in this moment with you. And this is a sustaining thing that we do every week. We're taking in really the power and presence of Christ as we share communion together. And I want y'all to remember, I was talking to my brother Barry before church in the cafe and we were just talking about how it, Sometimes it's hard to make it in this world because often we just don't feel love. We don't feel acceptance. We don't feel that we have people on our team. And we were just reflecting on what if we truly believed that God loved us unconditionally and that we were children of God who are loved beyond any, any, anything in our imagination? It's so beyond. And I think that that could really set us free to have courage and to do the things that we're talking about this morning, to continue on in the ministry of Christ. So I want you all to rest this morning in God's love and let God's love be maybe that, that, that courage that you need to step up and to maybe make a decision that you've been struggling to make or do something that you feel God leading you to do or to take a courageous step in your life that you've been reluctant to take. Rest in God's love this morning, knowing that he's got your back and he's gonna be with you through it all. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. God, thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for each person here, especially for those who are visiting with us today. Thank you that that they're here in our community, and I just pray, God, you would help them to feel your love and and your embrace here in this church. God, I pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon these common things that we have here that they could be for us, the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up today in a fresh way, that we could leave here changed because we've encountered you the living God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we can share this together. You can take the wafer or whatever food you have at home. I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to sing a song together as we end our time. Altar's open to you if you'd like to pray here. If you'd like me to lift you up in prayer, I'll just be over here and come find me. Um, Tanya will be in the back, Pastor Tanya, maybe a member of our prayer team as well, if you'd rather go to the back. But let's all stand together as we close our service.
1: I would rather be no place I would rather
3: be There's no place
1: I would rather be than here in your love here in your love
3: no place
1: I would rather be no place I would rather be than no place I would rather be than here in your love here in your love Sing out again no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. There's no, no place, place I would, would rather be. Here than in than your love, love, here in your love. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. Than here in your love, here in your love. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control I want more of you, God I want more of you, God So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain that I can't control I want more of you, God I want more of you there's no place I would rather be There's <laughs> no place I would rather be There's no place I would rather be than here in your love here in your love There's no place I would rather be There's no place I would rather be
0: There's no place
1: I would rather be than Hearing in your love set a fire so set a fire down in my soul that i can't contain and i can't control and i want more of you god and i want more of you god so set a fire down in my soul that i can't contain that i can't control now, one more of you, God. Break me open, God in motion. line my world with fire. And Feel my heart, can you feel my heart as I reach for you? Can you feel my heart as I reach for you? Can you feel my heart as I reach for you? as i reach, reach for, for you i can feel your, your heart, heart as you reach for me i can feel your heart as you reach for me i can feel your heart as you reach for me i can feel your heart For me, so set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. And I want more of you, God. And I want more of you. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. And I want more of you, God. I want more of you, yeah. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. And I want more of you, God.
2: And I want more of you, God. Amen. If y'all could prepare your hearts to receive the benediction, may the love of God the Father. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.